I, hi, this is uh, Trump administration advisor <laughs> and son-in-law to the president-elect, Jared Kushner. Uh, we have used the transition team's funds to buy the Chapped Trap House podcast and <laughs> use it to streamline the transition of dad's, dad's team. Uh, the first thing's out of the way. Chris Christie is out. There's no gabagool. You put Papa in prison. Fuck you. Second of all, Steve Bannon is not antiseptic. Um, third of all, third of all, third, Dana, no, don't, no. Don't write that open letter about me. Again, please. All right. Uh, enjoy the regular scheduled programming. Hey, everybody. The trap is packed. We got an all-star team on deck for you this episode. Guess what? We're still talking about the election. We're still doing a post-mortem, but we got, we got some friends in the house. We got socialist hunk Matt Carp. What's good? <laughs> What's up? Happy to be here. There's a lot of white people here. <laughs> I'm actually I'm descended from Central Asian people. <laughs> I'm not just a POC. I'm descended from the greatest POC of all time, Genghis Khan. <laughs> so uh, we, you're we, welcome. We got brochialist, progressive in chief, Connor Kilpatrick. Connor the Madman Kilpatrick. What's up, everybody? Happy to be here. Also speaking to us on the line all the way from Barcelona, Spain. You know who it is already. It's Matt Christman. What's up? Hi, everybody. Uh, Matt did the uh, the purest lib thing possible after the election, which is just flee the country. He's an expat now. Matt, yeah, how are things? I, I couldn't bear to be part of this disgusting uh, United States of America <laughs> any longer. Uh, Matt, real quick, how is how is Iceland and now Spain reacting to the the Trump uh, presidency? Uh, people are uh, stockpiling. Uh, salted cod <laughs> in preparation for the apocalypse. It's me, Will Moniker. Felix, a.k.a. Jared, young Jared Kushner in the house. I, I can just easily go out of the voice like this and that, and I can just talk like my normal voice. Or I can, Dad, no. Dad, no. No, no. Do not put Steve Bannon on a tank and run him through D.C. Not yet. No. 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 Uh, just like that. And it's a great uh, impression. Rounding it out, now making her debut as an, a Chapo Trap House co-host, Amber uh, Lee Frost. Howdy, folks. Um, I prefer co-hostess. Co-hostess. Please do not erase. <laughs> uh, cut her mic off, Brendan. Yeah, yeah. Cut her, this is already too much. This is already too much. Yeah, turn that shit off right now. <laughs> uh, you, know, you, you guys already know what the deal is. Guess what we're talking about? Like I said, um, still thinking about the election. Uh, how's everyone coping uh, one week out? How's this? Just like, what does your self care regimen look like? That's what I want to know. Uh, I'm on a lot of Sudafed and Afrin and a little touch of Imodium AD. <laughs> All right, <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Stay strong, everybody. I think the theme for uh, for 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 this week's show is sort of after uh, the great Kurt Eichenwald and his his masterpiece in Newsweek this <laughs> week, uh, entitled. Uh, the myth, the myths that cost the Democrats the election. I think we need to contribute. Um, you know, taking a page from Eichenwald's brilliant piece, and first talk about what are some of the myths that uh, cost Democrats this election and the country, and then from there talk about uh, 
genuinely though, what it just what the hell we need to do going forward, or like what role the left should play, or like how how do we move forward? What what is our response to this grim state of affairs? Um, but you know, before we dig into this, uh, Eichenwald, you know, another great piece from the greatest journalist of all time and the greatest magazine of all time, Newsweek. Uh, <laughs> content warning, uh, according to market research, 75% of your grandparents died because they fell out of a guard tower in Eichenwald. <laughs> We're going to be saying his name a lot. So Is it Eichenwald? Uh, German isn't a language. <laughs> it's Eichenwald. It okay. looks how it's spelled. I, I think a good way to start is actually just reading from the opening of Kurt Eichenwald's piece on the myths that cost Democrats the election. I'm just going to start here. On Friday, I almost assaulted a fan of my work. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem. Same. What a great way to start. Um, I was in the Philadelphia International Airport and a man who recognized me from one of my appearances on television news show approached. I like that he recognized Kurt from his appearances on television and not his Twitter avi, because if that were the case, there's no way anyone would have recognized him in public. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kurt has do- been doing like the greatest MySpace angles since 2007. <laughs> he's yeah, catfishing, dude. He's catfishing everybody. <laughs> Listeners, right now, you should. Yeah, move- he, ha- he has the oh, most wow. disappointed Tinder dates yeah. in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt, I- Kurt Eichenwald in his Twitter avi looks like a courageous journalist in a TNT movie, but in person, he looks like a beluga. Check out. <laughs> His wiki doesn't lie. Yeah. No. He looks like a beluga with a five o'clock shadow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, he says um, uh, he, he, he encountered this fan at the airport in Philadelphia. He thanked me for the investigative reporting I had done about Donald Trump before the election, expressed his outrage that the Republican nominee had won, and then told me quite gruffly, get back to work. Something about his arrogance struck me. So I asked, who did you vote for? He replied, well, Stein, but I interrupted him and said, you're lucky it's illegal for me to punch you in the face. (laughs) Then after telling him to have sex with himself, but in a much cruder term, I turned and walked away. (laughs) This is so good. Um, Fucking liberals. There is no way the story is true. Like what did yeah, Jill this Stein never actually happened. do? This is how many? The, how, how, what percentage? Fucking category. eighteen people voted for Jill yeah, Stein. Yeah, yeah. yeah, eighteen more people wrote in Bernie Sanders in Vermont than voted Jill Stein. The only people that voted for Jill Stein were fucking like Arrowhead.com mods, <laughs> <laughs> like confused people who thought that uh, Baraka was Baraka from Street Fighter. It was gamers. <laughs> she got a lot of gamers. Uh, yeah, I'm giving Kurt here the uh, the Rod Dreher Award for. Uh, passing along personal anecdotes that very clearly, on just first blush, did not happen in yeah. any way, no, shape, absolutely. Or form. Guy not. is a hard-boiled, crusading journalist of the Ernie Pyle variety. You know, he just calls it like he sees it. He's not afraid to throw down. He's a sort of Hemingway-esque figure. Would yeah. you guys agree? Yeah, yeah. yeah. More he like Kurt- Ernie Piles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kurt Eichenwald just travels from airport to airport <laughs> wearing a like little fedora that says "press" on it. <laughs> like, uh, He's like, who did you vote for, you son of a bitch? <laughs> and uh, uh, I wrote in, uh, class is more important than race. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Uh, Didn't happen. Uh, the battle of the bulge of 2016 liberalism. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> 
I just like that he encountered this gruff man at the airport who was like, get back to work. <laughs> who did you vote for, sir? Jill Stein. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he met Mickey from Rocky. And he's like, <laughs> You're a bum, Rocky. Jill Stein is the only choice to get the chemtrails out of the sky. Outside of that, uh, that airport encounter that where Kurt both managed to meet someone who proves his point and gave him a chance to show how tough he is, which happens to me all the time. Um, <laughs> like, let's talk about the actual miss. Kurt says the Democrats, uh, the, the miss that they believe that cost him the election. And the first one he talks about is that uh, the DNC is some kind of almighty institution that uh, put their thumb on the scale for Hillary and robbed Bernie of a fair shot of winning the election, or at least taking a fair shot of competing in the primary. So uh, I don't know. Where do you guys want to go with this? How would you respond to that, Connor? Uh, well, actually, I think Matt. This is a good question. You would know, like, who handles like the endorsements and all that. That wasn't really the DNC. Yeah, dude. I don't. It's a, the, the DNC thing is, I think, blown up by too many sort of conspiracy-minded people uh, on on the left. I mean, obviously, the DNC wanted Hillary to win. Every prominent Democrat in Washington wanted Hillary to win. They all endorsed her months before the election happened. The issue about putting thumbs on scales isn't necessarily about manipulating debates or, you know, you know, you know, using media contacts to like, you know, put Bernie Sanders out to sea. Although, of course, they did all that shit. The issue is every single organized member of the Democratic Party uh, was crusading for Hillary, was organizing sort of state legislative councils in all the states like months and months in advance. All these, you know, these people who, um, you know, may not pull a lot of water nationally, but, you know, they, they can help move votes in, 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 in a lot of states. Hundreds and hundreds, I think over a thousand state legislators endorsed Clinton. And I mean, it's crazy to say that the Democratic Party wasn't, uh, you know, this is really unprecedented, basically, I, I think, as far as I know, in terms of the early unanimous consolidated, um, you know, uh, you know, backing of, of, of a single candidate. And I think Obama, Obama's part of it. I mean, he obviously cleared the field for her, too. Yeah. I mean, how many how many congressmen did Bernie pull in the entire primary? Just, you would know this was like something like three. Three. I mean, that's insane. I mean, think of how well Obama was doing with endorsements when he was polling in the like the teens. I mean, yeah. I mean, so it's like you don't need to go to the DNC, but but they do have some. Yeah, but Obama does have some slaves. You're forgetting. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Goddamn Richardson had more endorsements. Uh, But it, it does have some point that the Democratic Party clearly doesn't have the power that any of us thought it would. If uh, right. They only have the That's power true. to shoot themselves in the dick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're good to at that. To go though. have sex with themselves. But in a weird know. way, that, that in a weird way, that's what's kind of like terrifying. At least for me, is that like I thought that you know shit like shitty people would come save us, but even shitty people aren't coming to save us. They you know? don't want to, and we've now learned they can't. Yeah. Oh, they can't. Yeah, it's amazing. Sh- shitty people had like a more complete plan. Uh, just around like putting their finger on the scale and like getting these votes out there and fucking standards in like weird ways than they did in the election. Like their entire their entire plan in the election was like, well, we did it. Um, their electoral plan yeah. was beat Bernie. It was beat Bernie. <laughs> and it was, their entire electoral plan was like, well, we did it. Uh, Hillary can disappear for two months while she talks to Count Chocula and, <laughs> and, uh, and raises a billion fucking dollars. And dude, don't worry, don't worry. We have this really clever thirteen-year-old whose name is Robbie Mook, <laughs> and he has a computer algorithm that actually tells him that if we buy ten billion dollars worth of ads, 
in Los Angeles, we're going to win Nebraska's second congressional. What district. are the odds? Robbie Mook it, and Harry yeah. Enton are the same person. They are, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Forecaster <laughs> Mook. I like how Robbie. Forecaster Enton. I, like I didn't refer to him by his full name. Do you think Robbie Mook is fucked because Forecaster Enton has? Him? <laughs> I like how Robbie Mook's name is just like an insult from The Sopranos. <laughs> it's, no, it's an insult from Mean Streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy's a Robbie Mook. Get him out of here. But um. I mean, like, back to this, this idea of, okay, so in the Democratic primary, I guess it wasn't stolen from Bernie. I mean, they, everyone was playing by the same rules, even though the rules heavily favored Clinton, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. She got about three million more votes than him in the primary, right? Right. If, if the Democratic primary was run in a way that was um, more open in a lot of states, like, I... I thought if New York State had an open primary, Bernie would have won the New York Democratic primary. Yeah, I think there was a stat that New York had the second lowest primary turnout in the whole season after Louisiana, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's all you need to know. And a uh, uh, friend of the show, James Adomian, uh, made this point today on Twitter where he, he just basically said a, a primary process that brings in more people outside the Democratic Party will de facto, it, it will make people in the general election more engaged, right? Instead of putting up all these hurdles to participation from people who are just now getting interested in politics um, or are, are, are thinking about it for the first time, if they part if you get them interested in participating early, they'll be more likely to turn out uh, later, right? That's exactly what happened with Obama in 2008. Like, if you want to explain a lot of his youth turnout, there are people who started getting involved with him in the primaries, you know, and... You know, I'm not saying it would be impossible for Hillary Clinton to get people involved, uh, but her entire way of like getting involved in the primaries was like they were going to hire you for HillaryClinton.com to write like the Hillary Clinton is my abuela. She wears it. <laughs> she wears a dashiki. That was their entire um, Latino outreach, yeah. right? <laughs> they, dude, they fucking spent three hundred thousand dollars on Latino outreach and a million dollars to fight the trolls. They spent a million dollars on correct the record. Yeah. Now, did you guys see the the news? Sam Stein at Huffington Post, uh, I think, had this story today that said that the the Michigan office had to use three hundred thousand dollars of their own money to hire uh, canvassers in the last weeks of the election because the campaign in Brooklyn, where it was the being run out of, just didn't respond to them or ignored them. There's a great element at the end there where they said that apparently the thinking was. That they were going to trick Trump into not campaigning in Michigan. Oh my by not god! Not campaigning in Michigan, like some real House of Tards shit. <laughs> yeah. Dude, they were literally. They were going to literally... like, aha! See, eleventh dimensional chess, and of course, you know, they ended up checkmating the. Wrong yeah, but dudes. he's playing dodgeball. He's not playing chess. <laughs> Dude, they were literally trying to do. They were literally trying to do fucking pickup artist shit to Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. 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 The last you gotta know person, about hypnosis. The last person on earth you should try that on. Like he knows, uh, uh, folks. I've been keynoting my entire life. Yeah, yeah. Got, a, got a major IOI, IOI in uh, Wisconsin. So they were reading Scott Adams's blog, and they're like, "This is how we're going to beat Trump." If Scott Adams did win the election for Trump because he gaslit all the feeble-minded Clinton executives into <laughs> doing this. Meanwhile, all of Trump's strong alpha supporters are going to the polls with sex and period juice all over them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, hard segue from that oh, line, but uh, from. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to let you know. Um, currently, Adam Curtis is available for interview. So if you have 
What? Fuck Whoa. yes! Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> oh. Just came through. A, uh, a strange thing happened when three lads decided to make a podcast. <laughs> but, but instead of asking me about my documentaries, they asked why my man shirt so tight. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. He laughing. He I want to hear Def Jam Adam Curtis. <laughs> no. <laughs> keep, keep it in. Keep it in. No edits. No edits is how we roll. Get the fans excited. All right. So okay, back to these myths that, uh, that, that Kurt is talking about. Um, on to the second myth. Oh, this is the this is the best stuff. The, the Bernie second stuff? myth is the idea, in, in Kurt's the idea that Bernie would have won the election. Okay, and uh, Kurt's example. I mean, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That myth cost her the election. The the thing that couldn't, the thing you couldn't think of until she lost it, cost her the election. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this myth like transcends space and time. It's quite amazing. How can a myth that could only be born after the election? <laughs> affect the result of the election <laughs> yeah kurt kurt uh actually like he saw that like he saw space time breaking down kurt is actually the star of a new show on share blue tv it's called quantum creep <laughs> <laughs> but okay so such a travis i mean it's such a tra- I, sorry i've just kind of just showed me this thing i'm just skimming it it's outrageous the section calling him a communist with connections to castro alone would have cost him florida <laughs> hillary clinton lost florida sorry <laughs> 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 I also like he's in one of them that like uh, in his twenties he was a ne'er do well who couldn't pay bills. So I mean, okay, yet guess, again, the yeah. Democratic Party not getting what people like about other people. I know yeah, it's yeah. amazing. They're like, Jesus oh, Trump Christ. is vulgar. Uh, Have you been to America? We love vulgar. Dude, oh, you, you Bernie guys... is a fucking slacker loser. <laughs> yeah, those are our favorite people. Dude, Bernie was an irony boy when he was like I know. twenty. Like if they had. Dude, you know he was in Vampire Weekend. Yeah, he, he like he did his own version of Come Town. He was like twenty and poor. He totally did. But you, know, but you said uh, well, Bernie, yeah, and every single one of them was something that was brought up by the Clinton campaign and got no attention because nobody gave a shit. And yeah, 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 especially yeah, the one yeah, about this guy who wrote five hundred articles in the months leading up to the election about how you know Trump didn't pay. You know he like didn't tip his Grubhub delivery man or whatever and was 100% convinced that every one of them was going to be the end of Trump's campaign and then he won shouldn't that tell me (laughs) fucking OPPO doesn't mean anything in an election where a guy can be on the fucking tape talking about grabbing pussies and still get elected you really think some shit about the Sandinistas is going to move the needle in that way? Well, it's even it's pettier than that. Like one of them's like he's he kind of like he stole not it's like he stole electricity from he his stole neighbor. utilities. So okay. it's, it's Yo, like the, that it, is a dirtbag. I know. I it's like respect legend. that shit. Yeah, yeah, I do, do want to point out. Uh, I grew up upper middle class. My dad worked at the racism store. He owned the racism store. My mom <laughs> stole cable from the time she was pregnant with me in nineteen ninety. To our when our house burned down in '94, and like we, you know, we're, you know, we descended from race, racism, mer- Jewish racism merchants in Venice. So <laughs> it's like a broadly left thing. Now, I could, I you, you guys, you guys, you, you jumped ahead, but like uh, Kurt's big thing that about like his big knock on the idea that Bernie would have won the election is that there's this huge oppo file on Bernie that never, never got played. He said it was the Republican oppo research that I saw. Which to me, this is like the airport this is a, incident. This is yeah. totally the airport incident. Like, like a Kurt Eichenwald who, like, like you said, like 
made himself into like the anti-Trump reporter. What Rince Priebus, Rince Penis, or whatever was just like here, Kurt. Look at our Oppo file and Bernie he Sanders. He has here in his hand uh, a list of the time Bernie Sanders stole HBO so his kid could watch Fraggle Rock. <laughs> in 1985. You know. And let us was, let us not forget. Uh, it was actually uh, it was Jeb Bush who was like Kurt. I don't want Trump to win. You have to stop Sanders. I'm showing you the file. I can show you the file because my wife is uh, at the chiropractors. <laughs> Remember well, when David I, you know, Brock? The, the best one to me is that he stole utilities when he was in his twenties. Awesome. Okay, just yesterday, I I was on Street Fight. I subbed for Brett on Street Fight, and I was talking to Brian uh, Brian Quimby, Murder Brian, about this. Our Ohio correspondent, and I maintain. That if it had come, if Bernie had been the nominee, and it had come out that he stole uh, utilities as a young man, Ohio and much of the Upper Midwest would have been a oh, lock for him. Yeah. He lock. Won, he would have won yeah. the entire Great Lakes by like twenty points. This is, he would have vote. He would have won the Kasich vote easily. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, yeah. They What's got the every hobo across the Eastern Seaboard plus the entire Midwest. That, isn't it ironic that that's actually the only thing that could have made Al Giordano vote for him? <laughs> I mean, how many millennials are probably like cheering on Bernie with stolen Wi-Fi? I mean, they immediately, they immediately oh, yeah. relate to that. Absolutely. True fact, Abraham Lincoln carried Indiana because he spent most of his 20s uh, taking sheep's milk from a neighboring farm growing up. I mean, this is in the, um, in the American grain, people. Hoosiers love that shit, too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's yeah, there's a huge oppo file on Bernie Sanders that was just, as soon as he, let, let's say, in this nightmare scenario, he won the Democratic primary. Just from day one, the Republicans would be like, he's a Muslim. He's not born in America. Oh, wait, no, wait. They, they did that already. The guy who won uh, the presidency quite convincingly twice. A, a, yeah, the guy who like came into office with super majorities in the House and Senate. Yeah. Kurt's literally like his, Brock... his big winner in the second half of the thing is, you know, he's got, you know, Daniel Ortega or someone saying, goddamn Yankees. Like, it's literally the exact same thing. That there's, 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 there's video footage of Bernie being at an event where someone is saying, goddamn Yankee. It's like literally the exact same uh, fucking thing as the, the right Jeremiah Wright uh, nothing. Tape. And Barack Obama was a black man, by the way. Yeah. A black man in a, in a Still deeply, is, if I remember deeply correctly. racist country and okay anyway no you had a great point about that in one of your articles Matt about how by the the time the general election rolls around most people know a candidate and when you when a candidate has high name recognition it's really hard to change people's perception of a candidate so that's why the that stuff didn't work on Obama because by the time McCain was deploying it everybody knew they they, they liked the guy I mean my Republican dad voted for Obama I mean people liked him so it didn't have much damage you know by the time uh, would you say by spring I mean didn't most of America know who Bernie was and have a, an opinion of him yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had huge. It was people were like, "Oh, he's a Democratic John Kasich or some ridiculous thing." But no, no one knew who John Kasich was except Felix, who followed him to every campaign <laughs> event. But uh, <laughs> he rode the rails with him. Yeah, uh, dude. I went to fucking dude. I took an hour of trains to Bay Ridge just to watch Kasich with Montel. I wasn't even. <laughs> I wasn't even writing. I wasn't even writing about it. I just like wanted to You're see just it. A fan. Yeah, I was just a fan <laughs> of his. Bernie was like a, a, a well-established. Like he was by far the third most well-known, and by far the first most popular candidate of anybody and yeah i mean look he would he have taken hits would it have been a, a gin, ginormous easy cakewalk blowout without any ups and downs that's not how politics works of course things would you know things would have gotten er, ugly and dirty and you know there are a lot of you know right-wing republicans in this country but would, would bernie have won yes 
Bernie would have won. Bernie would have won. We have to keep saying it. Yeah, Will, you made a great point on the last show I'm getting it tattooed over my tits. Bernie would have won. It really is actually important to like say that just because, I mean, we don't, there's going to be a lot of, bu- and there already is a lot of bullshit trying to like obscure the clear fact of what politics actually cut through. Well, right? like I think Connor, I think the point is like, look, these historical counterfactuals, they're subjective. Who knows? I think we can make a very good case that the states that Hillary lost, especially in the upper Midwest, uh, Hell yeah, Rust Sanders, Sanders would have won. Yeah. And it's hard for me to imagine states that she won that he would have lost. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think, uh, Connor, you said it at best that like it's important that we that we talk about this because the analysis we use for why Donald Trump won this election will define our response to him going forward. Right. That's. I mean, that's that's just basic politics. It's it's your analysis of what happened by definition dictates your prescription for how to fix it. You know. And but so that's why it's really important that we get the analysis correct because we want to know how to how to beat them. I think part of that analysis is if we now if we really want to get into like the myths that we I honestly think should be confronted if you are a Democrat or a liberal. I think some people get it now. Like this is a, a, a rock bottom moment of clarity uh, <clears throat> position. A lot of people find themselves in. A lot of people don't, though, and a lot of people are doubling down on the same bullshit. And my attitude to that is like, if you really believed in Hillary Clinton, if you really, really wanted her to be president, you like not just that you didn't want Donald Trump to be president, but you really, really wanted Hillary to be president. You should be more angry at her than I am. Or that we are. You should be furious at her because she sold you down the river. She couldn't even Absolutely. face you. She couldn't even fucking face you after you lost. She has no respect for you. She's like just out walking her dog in between her hilarious comedy routine of fainting. She's actually at a, a celebrity gala tonight for the Children's Defense League or what I forgot what it's called in her in her honor. She's at a gala tonight. So Bernie was this morning outside the White House. Uh, Right yeah, give me speech yeah. right now. I mean, like that's all you need to. That's if all you need you'd, to know. Uh, if you'd like to read more about uh, Hillary Clinton's record in terms of uh, children's welfare, you can <laughs> pick up False Choices, where I contributed <laughs> to. Uh, it's a left feminist critique of Hillary Clinton. It's going to be more relevant now than ever. Um, <laughs> I think. I th- well, one thing about the Children's Defense Fund, which Hillary is fundraising for. It's not a fun to get children medicine. It's actually the junior league of the Israeli Defense Force. <laughs> <laughs> Just buying them tiny little airplanes. Can, can we say one thing that this election is a repudiation of gala liberalism? Not 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 yeah. ga- not gay liberalism. I'm I love gay liberalism. Gala liberalism. That is Hillary Clinton in a nutshell, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think it's. I think that my, the best analogy, especially I pointed out on Twitter, like you know, she hasn't. Tweet. I know this is sounds ridiculous to say, but she hasn't tweeted anything since uh, like the 9th of, of November. I mean, she's just basically because her whole project was her run for president. You know, so that's well, she's like, well, that's over. So politics for her is effectively over. Well, Connor, you have to give her time to mourn. That's what as everyone a, said as to a me. woman, it's amazing. We're very hysterical, and we can't really what? do politics without crying a whole How lot. How are they afterwards. not so mad at her? How, How? are they? It blows what? my mind. I mean, people, she has to. She what she has to really do is she needs to have time to forgive us for letting. Her <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I, and and yeah, like we're 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 seeing a lot of this. Yeah, like dude. And Felix, what you said in our our last episode is like, she's not a leader. She has fans. 
Yeah. She like she has yeah. fans, not supporters. She, she she wants to lead like and and form a political. She's a celebrity for people who had unpaid internships. Exactly. You know what this week reminded me of? It reminds me of when Justin Bieber got a DUI, and all these girls were like, "How does it feel when people take your hero?" And, cr- and criticize him, call him a monster, <laughs> laugh at him. But at least yeah. they're 14 and yeah, horny. Exactly. They can be forgiven because they're blind with horniness. No one is blind with horniness for Hillary. At least they don't think what Peter is. Yeah. And it's not that just that she failed. Her failure has unleashed Donald fucking Trump on us. How are, yeah. how are people not furious at her? It's, it's like she's like a cult. She's a cult for like affluent professionals. I mean, she's like the Bob Avakian of liberalism. It's really amazing. Professional managerial classes, Bob Avakian. She really is. It it blows my mind. You guys, okay, I want to see, I might be the only guy who's like into internet bullshit enough to remember this, but does anyone remember Hillary's44.com? No. No. Hell yeah. Matt remembers. (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Matt. Hillary's44.com was this like psychotic web forum for Pumas, which party unity my ass. Like the Hillary Clinton. Back in 08 when she lost the primary to Obama. Barack Obama. To an uppity candidate. (laughs) To an unqualified black man. Remember that? I'm serious. There was this crazy lady. She's like a 70-year-old lady at some party deal. And she came out of the room after they voted for Obama, screaming at the press, going, "They're taking it from Hillary to give it to an unqualified black man." And kill me now. Go on, go, go into the ham, and take the carving knife and stab me here, here, now, please. It would hurt me less than what you just said. You know, I know seniors that are inspired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was reading yeah. from Kurt's uh, Oppo file on Obama, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So Hillary's forty four. It was it's still up, right? Yeah. Still up. They're they're actually enter it into your web browser. They're they're while you listen. They're pro Trump now, but like they had the best posts ever. Like all the posts were like Barack Obama is going to bring out that horrible man Jay talking about Jay Z <laughs> <laughs> to call Hillary Clinton a bitch. And he's not going to pull up his pants. And it was just like psychotic conspiracy theories. <laughs> One of them was a DLC lawyer who like used a company credit card to to buy an account on Comfiesta.com. <laughs> and I used to... Is that site still up, by the way? That's it, Latino Outreach. Yeah. That's... But I, you know, I first noticed this. You know, I was like 18 when I was following this. And I was like, wow, like... Hillary certainly hits a nerve in a certain type of person. And if you're like, if you're someone who's had five unpaid internships or you, you have a company, you, you call your HR department to complain that your company car is fucked up. Like that type <laughs> yeah. of thing. You like Hillary is your God. She's Zoroaster. <laughs> She's the body and she can only be failed. It's an insane cult of personality for such a, just like, you know, Look at Hillary Clinton's statements through the campaign about uh, the pipeline, about you know protests, where she's like, no, but, but just the most both sides. But they tepid. respect that they, that that yeah. that that only earns greater respect because she's somebody who like sort of understands the complexities of you know a, a, a difficult uh, a difficult world. I'm, I'm doing a little little teaser. I'm doing a thing for Jacobin. If you look at the numbers, so okay, the the myth of you know Hillary's you know the Schumer strategy of we're going to trade a vote, a uh, blue collar vote for a yeah. moderate Republican. 
that, that bullshit. Okay, obviously that was an utter epic fail. But it's wrong to say that Clinton didn't get out the vote in like rich suburban districts because she killed it in Darien, Connecticut. She slaughtered Westchester. She ruled the Upper East Side. And she owned Montgomery County, Maryland. She 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 won Orange County vote. for the first time since 1936, I believe. Yeah, Orange County, California. Exactly. Oh yeah. Uh, and she you, crushed you Barack the, Obama in Marin. You mentioned I mean, the like, Upper East people, Side. Yeah. Upper East Side went uh, is the only red slice of Manhattan in the last two elections. So she got those Republican votes. Oh, yeah. I mean, she, she she no, she got like basically like really rich blue state professional class sort of moderate to liberal people to either either to turn out uh, because they love her so much and, and they hate Trump. I mean, that is part of it or or to to to, to go to her. Uh, and it's 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 striking that that's that's the trade that she made. I mean, that's how she won the popular vote. That's why her numbers with the white vote with white voters were actually pretty consistent with Obama's because she lost a lot of you know working class white voters and she won a lot of you know rich white voters. That, okay, I mean, yeah, yeah, but if the, hold on. If this were the Pee Wee Herman show right now, we'd be screaming because you said the magic words. The magic words of the week are WWC. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, can, can we talk about WWC? For a second, because uh, like th- th- this is yeah, this is the Pee Wee Herman siren. I- I'm bringing this up because I'm actually bewildered. Like I I don't know what to make of all of this. Like uh, that we're seeing a lot like in post election, especially talking about this question of should we have gone with Bernie or not, and many of Bernie's statements after the election. Like Connor, like you said, he's been in the media all week out yeah. there, and he's saying things along the lines of like we need to do better with like the middle and working class did he say white working class specifically i think one of his his twitter feed that's not him that's like his campaign staff maybe he said something he said something a little i'm not sure i would have said it but it was like i come from the white working class it's a shame we can't win but my people which is, that was we mm. need to allow the white working class to say the n-word <laughs> <laughs> it's just a word folks yeah, it's it's been it's been bizarre to watch this. Okay, before. but like we're now we're now dealing with this this idea that um, the Trump voter or the people who actually more accurately just didn't vote for Clinton or anyone. Yeah, exactly, that's such a fucking fake bullshit. It, it's just thing. like and they it, all yeah. want to make it about Trump voters. Fuck Trump voters. He got about the same votes as Mitt Romney. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's it's. That the idea that those are the people who need to be focused on is just nobody is saying that other than the people who want to be. No, they're saying that you have to focus about, on working wow, class you, people. You want to ratify racism? Cool. Right. Right. The key is not the key word is not fucking white. The key word is working class. And the fact that they missed the white working class means they didn't talk about class. It means they talked about other identities without talking about class. And I don't yeah. even like the idea of talking about class as an identity since it's a material position or whatever. But if they had talked about what you know class as a as as an identity i would have in fact not believed they were coming into this in bad faith you know they talk about intersectionality right. what about poverty for fuck's sake i i, I want to say one thing a little disclaimer a little sympathy for the devil i don't think okay the liberal pundits total bad faith i agree and we're, we'll smash them in a minute i think Look, in the, in the immediate aftermath of Trump's victory, which among many other things, it was absolutely, as I think you know, you guys said uh, last week, it was absolutely a victory for white supremacy in this country. Like, no question. Everything, I think as Matt has said, you know, everything we do in this country is bathed in white supremacy. So, like, look, that's obviously part of the equation, maybe the most important part even, whatever. Look, that, that's true. But I think, and in the aftermath of that, I think there is, I think, Connor and maybe me disagree, I think there's some people, again, not these pundits, but... 
there are some people who might think, okay, is the Democratic Party going to make a Bill Clinton-type move again? Yes, Is the yes. Democratic Party going to do a thing where it's like, oh, uh, like Jim Webb or Joe Manchin or some shit bag like Matt. that is going to do a thing where it's like, we need a rural poverty plan for Brian Urlacher-type Americans <laughs> and not for Randy Moss-type Americans. <laughs> we need a lunch pail, you know. The a Bubba lunch campaign. Pail, a lunch the pail Bubba America campaign. plan. Right. Yeah. Matt, th- this is a good point. And, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'll, I'll name him. Okay, Jamel Bowie is basically who I'm talking about here. I'm utterly perplexed by a lot of his reaction to this, but, but to he's get, having an accident. But like to, to, be to fair. give him his due, right? As best I can like interpret his his argument is that like the Trump victory has put white supremacy front and center in American politics in a way that it hasn't been in a long time, and for people like us or pundits to sort of like negotiate or hem and haw about how do we win over the working class or the Trump voter is to ignore the people that are actively imperiled by... I want to know. I want names. Who's talking about winning over Trump voters right now? Yeah, nobody is. Everybody talks... Everyone's talking about the fact that this was a loss for Clinton because her vote share among whites, and we should point out minorities, collapsed. Matt, you're talking about people who didn't vote. Yeah. Yeah. People who didn't show up. But that's the people who determine this election. But who but the like, fuck is almost, who are they talking about? I, I, mean, I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm, I'm asked. You guys have read all this stuff. Who are they responding to specifically? I don't know, and I'm perplexed by it. Is it just made up? To give to give Jamel his due for a second, I fear that like if the Democratic Party isn't ruthlessly purged of these Clintonite hacks and these these DLC people, then I could very well see their response to a Trump administration being, well, we need to run a more law and order Democrats. Or Matt, like you were saying, like, you know... Especially need- especially since Hillary fucking ran that campaign in 2008, which everyone forgot for some reason. I think Will was saying that, like, there would be... I mean, the Democrats would learn from this in their infinite wisdom is that they would, they, they would rather revive... The- the Dixiecrat right. model. They'd rather be like, okay, let's junk affirmative action. Let's, you know, let's. Uh, what, what, what are the other things? Let's let's talk about, you know, let's talk about, you know, like crap, shitty rappers more. Like, let's do the. They Bill would Clinton absolutely move. like uh, parental yeah. advisory yeah. stickers before going right. to uh, issues of class. They would absolutely revive right. Dixiecrat racism. And that's a, that's like yeah. I do think that's still a legit fear with your mansions and your and your and your mm-hmm. webs and so on. And so that needs to be opposed. And look, let's just say for the record. I don't speak for Jackman Magazine. I don't speak for Chop. I don't. I don't really speak for anyone. Uh, but we'll we'll smash that if if that comes up. I'm yeah. just w- w- the Happily bad faith move. Destroy it happily. The handsome the, vanguard says we're gonna smash. It. It's gonna the, be fun. That, 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 that yeah, you trying to smash, fam? <laughs> yeah, oh, always. The but look the 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 bad faith move. And now I'm gonna give it over to Connor. But the bad faith move is when these people frame it as if it's the labor left, the Bernie Sanders left, the Keith Ellison for Christ's sakes left that is actually wanting to make this move. That is like urging to ma- urging the Democrats or you know, some broader left formation to, to make go this right, and that's, right, and that's insane. Also, the that's labor not what they left is not like white, for fuck's sake. Right. I mean, that's one thing that's important to remember. It's it, this presumes that Joe Manchin is uh, really good on all of our class first, brocialist Bernie issues. He's not. Uh, neither is Jim Webb. Jim Webb came out against Employee uh, Free Choice Act. So it, they're making a like a false like dichotomy here that doesn't exist. Uh, I mean, th- you're right. They would sooner revive the Dixie crap model. It's not like. Uh, n- there's no candidate out there who's pro labor and really good on these issues, but is a little problematic. That does that doesn't exist. In, I just in feel the, like right now is all of this like uh, this this vertigo of like just going round and around and around on these issues of like race and populism. Does it just come out of the phrase white working class? 
Should we just say? Yeah, should we just say working class that like the yeah. Democrats well, and I the left? The reason- people were trying to talk about Rust Belt too because they're trying to localize it in terms right, of stuff. Of, of it, yeah. But also, like you know, you talk about the Rust Belt. You're also talking about like auto manufacturing. You know, Lily White. Yeah. You know, like that's also not entirely white. But I think actually does demographically make sense to talk about white working class people not as a target but as a, a canary in the coal mine because yeah. literally the only thing they have in terms of and I hate this language but privilege you know in in, in the absence of that is 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 class and so it's like you're not reaching out to people on the basis of class like that the fact that you're not getting them because i i don't believe working class people are irrational i don't believe that you know even like whatever uh, a, a light smattering of racism makes someone so irrational that they are willing to fuck themselves over uh for the very um you know uh like crude and vicious uh mission of white supremacy they you know they have self-interest well amber right. you made a great point that like all this micro-targeting of, democra- of, of demographics, like, that's Democrat shit. That's Democrat yep. shit. It's like, like, like talking that's about de- the working class. Right, they're like, well, I, I want to get soccer moms. Connor Kilpatrick wants to get racist white working class people. <laughs> well, you know, like, it's like they can't even conceive of what we're, we're actually talking about. And, and, you know, but one reason this whole uh, discourse of white working class comes up is because it, it is true that the Democratic Party... You know, 1976, Jimmy Carter won white workers north and south. And this was at the height of the busing riots, okay? Mm -hmm. Then Reagan won the white working class. So after that, though, white workers uh, start doing things like defecting to the Republican Party. But most either stop voting or they keep voting for the Democratic Party. But a ton just stop voting. So they drop out of, of the electoral process. So I think that's where... All this stuff comes from, but see, you know, also, a, a I would liberal. Add, though, there was no massive. That's a little overestimated. There was no massive migration of like Democrats to the Republicans. To, yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, it was small, but this is the thing. This is liberal ideology. So they see that, and what do they do? They say, "Boom!" In 1980, Reagan ran as a racist, and the white workers all became Just racist love- all of a sudden. I'm not a fan of his, uh, you know, uh, immiserating economics uh, plans that will further, you know, you know, impoverish me. But I am a fan of his racism. Like, that's not what they were thinking. <laughs> it, well, I think this, a lot of this stems from liberalism's inability to act. This, I mean, I think this is the core right here. The What they cannot face is that the Democratic Party is actually a really shitty worker, workers' party. Yes. And so what they'd mm-hmm. rather do is they'd like, oh, this thing's happening. All these white people are just dropping out. They'd rather think, well, it's clearly because well, they're racist. Connor, here's the thing. I think what they don't get is that for like these people who are fans, right, or people who are really committed to the Democratic Party or really committed liberals, I think that they hear like when we say the Democrats really need to like focus on class and economics if they even want to sniff at power again. And they think, well, it must be something else because we're already doing that. They think it's self-evident that Hillary Clinton does They do because they're like, what? We gave you Lena Dunham? Isn't that what you people want? Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, look, I mean, or I mean, I've had people, you know, DM me about this or whatever. It's like, but what else could they have put in the platform? It's like Hillary Clinton did not campaign on her she goddamn platform. She even go for a $15 an hour minimum wage. Okay, so even, so for one thing, there's there's the, the compromises and the shit eating that happened in the platform. But even, look, Amber, I mean, look, even if she'd campaigned about a twelve fifty minimum wage and she'd said that in every goddamn speech or any speech, then, you know, she would, they would she have a better case. She would of wage I mean, just altogether. She I mean, doesn't talk about I that. Mean, no. The big thing, the big thing that people say, like when they argue about this, like that I've noticed is 
Uh, well, she had the most progressive platform of all time. Well, it's like, <laughs> well, okay, like even if that was true, it doesn't fucking matter because all she did at every, like almost every campaign appearance and e- absolutely every single ad and every debate was Donald was mean to John McCain. Yeah. Dude, she didn't run as a candidate with this progressive platform. The, she ran as like the sensible choice. You can't run again. You can't. Get, you have to give people something to vote for. The only right. thing she gave people and, something to vote against. And this gets back to something I wanted to say earlier, but it's, it's perfect for what we're talking about now. Is that like you know my problem with Hillary Clinton isn't really that she's a party hack. The problem, I mean, if the Democratic Party was still had a significant labor, you know, constituency. A party hack would be fine. Like Hubert Humphrey was a party hack, but Hubert Humphrey was compared to Clinton was fucking great. I mean, he's pro civil rights. He was a yeah, he was a quasi social democrat. Believed in like centralized planning, so he was a party hack in 1968. The Democratic Party of 2016, I'm sorry to say, has is not the Democratic Party of 1968. So you a party hack won't cut it. You need someone like Sanders who is the opposite. It's so it's like if. That's the thing. Like, so I don't want to get too much on that she's a hack. It's because she's a, you know, if this, we would love an 1860 Republican hack, right? Yeah. Well, I want to talk about something. And, and, and Matt Christman, this is a great point that you've made before that I think is even more germane now. It involves this whole language that we're like, you're like it, it's all in the terms of reaching out or empathizing with Empathy. people that hold yeah. otherwise. That's the thing. They keep saying, they keep saying, oh, you want me to empathize with racists? Sorry. And it it seems, and I, I kindly, I finally realized why they kept that tick, even though I never see that language in any of the things that they're claiming to criticize. Uh, and it comes down to the fact that for these people, they're, the, the extent of their political outreach, quote unquote, to anyone outside of their, you know, elite social group is, is it's just empathy. It's right. empathy for yeah. an approved subaltern, in their case, minorities. Right. Like they're the, good I'm people because they the empathize with minorities. That's all they do. All they do is empathize. That is the extent of their involvement. And so and, and, when they see somebody saying, hey, what about all these working class people, many of whom are white? They immediately put it in the language, oh, you want to empathize with them? Those people are racist. Because that's all they can process politics as, is empathy with a group. Not and, and what solidarity, it is, not changing anything, just showy performative empathy well and it's moral means testing too because if these people yep, don't yep, like yep, yep, yep. if they don't uh meet your level of wokeness they're somehow undeserving or whatever but I, i'm sorry like i i i you know i come from the white working class there's some backward fucking ideas there i i i don't remember a redneck passing something like stop and frisk but for some reason like we're <laughs> taking the fucking fall for like the fucking political racism that dominates this right. country but like you know we don't actually it, again we're self-interested for fuck's sake it's it's our dominant ideology is not is not racism. Uh, could could I I mean I want to say something for a minute. They're talking like Hillary Clinton ran this campaign where she got the same proportion of black votes that Obama got yeah. and Latino votes. Yeah, let's get into oh, this. Which she fucking didn't. She fuck she got like millions fewer black votes to the point where like she would have run won the Rust Bowl otherwise because 
you know what? She didn't try. She didn't run any type of campaign where she was reaching out to any type of person. No. Except for like white Republican suburbans. So if you're going to lecture me about how we need to go in this Hillary Clinton direction of the party, which didn't actually happen and you lost because of it and you put Michael fucking Bloomberg on stage, right. this stop and frisk fucking billionaire no cocksucker. Shit. Oh, you know, go. he's just a good old boy. He's yeah. one of those yeah. rural American working class yeah. racists. Michael fucking Bloomberg. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's no, it's 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 ridiculous. Felix is onto something here because it's like I was again. I've been looking at some of these. You know, you can look at exit polls. Everyone thinks exit polls are kind of shit anyway. But if you look at the like the local, county, precinct, neighborhood level stuff, you know, it looks a lot like you know we, we can't be sure yet, but it looks a lot like black voters. Surprise, surprise, are responded differently based on class. So PG County, mm-hmm. the richest African American majority black county, people aren't a hive mind. Oh my God! Yeah, uh, in 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 America, voted for Clinton at about the almost identical. The numbers are almost identical as the numbers with Obama. You know the proportion and the total number of votes. But if you look at you know West Philadelphia, if you look at Detroit, if you look at uh, rural Mississippi, all over the place, if you look at poorer and working class, because yeah, black people are part of the working class, uh, of course. Uh, people didn't turn out. And and this is the difference with with our country. It's so slanted towards white supremacy, right? That you have one party that's like, its main virtue is it's not racist. And so black people don't have a choice to vote for one party or another party. They have a choice to either vote or not vote. So the black people who chose not to vote were making, I I, want to say that they were making a choice. Were they not aware that Donald that you know of, of Donald the, the threat that Donald Trump posed. I mean, I don't. I, we, I'm not going to psychoanalyze them. The point is, they didn't vote for Hillary Clinton, and she didn't try to win them, and it cost us the fucking country. Hillary Clinton. Okay, yep. so we we talk about like how you know that speech Trump made to black people in the campaign. We're just like, what do you have to lose? Uh, <laughs> we talk about we we talk about like how entitled and shitty and tone deaf that was, but. Really? It what, was his best tactic. What was Clinton's appeal? It was, uh, what else are you going to do? That was yeah. literally it. Well, she it had was hot also, sauce remember, like a yeah. brief kind of boom with my husband before everything went to horrible shit. Right, like, right. there was like a, and people kind of remember like this, this slight improved period of the 90s and associated with Bill Clinton. But her closing ad, I mean, just to talk about the sort of class character of the Clinton campaign, which I think is something that historians are going to have a field day with. Her last ad, it's amazing. If you guys have watched it again, it's utterly appalling. She's, it's literally two minutes of just her, you know, with her like nice gold necklace in her like nice parlor, you know, kind of like fancy desk, like mahogany desk. And like, she's this like nice rich lady. And all she says is, I'm I'm nice. I work hard. It's my turn. That's literally the sum total of her argument. Uh, she makes. Oh there's God. no footage of any other person. I mean, and you look at that and you watch. If you just watch that ad next to Donald Trump's ad, devoid of context, which is not something anyone should do. But if you're an alien and you watch those two things, Trump's ad has people. It has movement. It has energy. He's talking about democracy. Yeah. He's talking about corrupt elites. It, it's ridiculous and it's appalling given that his whole campaign is a racist con and grift that he gets to claim these issues and Hillary Clinton. Her response, the supposed party of the people's response is, uh, but I'm a nice lady who doesn't cuss. And uh, th- that's all she's got. The slogan was, I'm with her. I know. Yeah, like, I- I'm following her around like a fucking dog. And then Trump, in his acceptance speech at the RNC, said, she says, she says that you're with her. Well, I say that I'm with you. Sorry, that's just pure ownage. He owned her there completely because that's an insane imperial mindset to right. have. And- there were there was all these linguistic fuck ups like with the Clinton campaign 
because it was a top down campaign in that way. It yeah. started that way and it ended that way. And I mean, like, okay, the, you know what I was thinking about the entire like last week before the voting day, where I was like, still thought that Clinton would win, but I was like, oh, I don't know. There's some warning signs. I kept thinking about when Trump made that. You know, Trump's like usually really fey. He's usually just like sticking his hand out all pussy and talking like, about gold. Like, he's like, it's beautiful, it's wonderful. That's but why he's so great. Yeah, but yeah. but one time he like deepens his voice is when he goes, "For too long you haven't had a voice. I am your voice." And you're like, Holy I know shit. it's amazing. Hillary could could and never would say something like In, that. This is a theory. This is why I want to get back to what you talked about. Like it's important we get the right analysis so we get the right prescription. It, the liberal media was so focused on all of his racism which it's yes obviously it's true that I, I was on a radio show last week with two Trump voters and they were referencing speeches I'd never seen and afterwards I I pulled them up on YouTube I couldn't believe it and it confirmed my worst fears which I first got when I saw that I'm your voice saying he ran as the reactionary right-wing FDR. He ran as tr I'm the traitor to my class. Yeah, that's called yep. National Socialism. Yeah, uh, yeah it's yeah, really yeah. creepy. That's what's so scary about it. Yeah. And then, but like, I mean, there's that moment where people are like uh, talking about how, well, you know, all these good elite people hate him. But, you know, there's a famous uh, speech in uh, Roosevelt's second inaugural um, where he says, you know, talks about the plutocrats and everybody. He says they're unanimous in their hate for me and I welcome their hatred. And even this old 1936 recording, you can hear that's people so go, nuts yeah. they just go like ah! I mean that's what he did and it's it's for horrible things not you know not it's not FDR I mean but, yeah like let's let's make it clear Donald Trump is a fucking cocksucker racist he's a piece of fucking incompetent shit and, and and but let's be honest you were a fucking idiot rube if you voted for him <laughs> yeah no, totally totally but there's one thing that Nick Mullen has said a lot that like I kept going back to because it's true like this stuff he says to people they think it's cool like it sounds sure. cool to people. Like I am your voice sounds no, fucking cool to people. But it comes back to the fucking hats, dude. Right. It's the fucking hats. He has the "Make America Great Again" hats. Any black person is going to see that again and be like, "Excuse me." But however, the Hillary response hat was "America is already great." Oh my god! Any oh my fucking god! That is genuinely is when I like, thought it was she might okay, lose. What, what the fuck is that shit? No one thinks it's that's that's some that's at least as an egregiously disgusting statement. Yeah. That was yeah. the first as his. that was the first serious chill I got um, when I saw that because yeah, that was months ago and I was, I was like, like it's fine. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> wow, who, who are these people? But, wait, but then at the debates when she switched it up and went with America is great because America is good. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, oh my that god, was that's the Clinton right gospel. There. I was in a coffee house in New Haven on at, at Yale, and they had a like a lot. They had like Jesus, a, a, they had something Don't I know. No, but look, Amber, you, look, you're speaking for your people. I'm speaking for my people. I know these people. <laughs> I know these people. I know these Hillary people. I know them. I grew up with them. I know them like better, maybe better than any of you. Well, I don't know. East Coast wise, I know them as well as any of you. And they had a Bill Clinton quote. Imagine a coffee shop with a Bill Clinton quote like. Painted um, at the top, uh, the top uh, sort of, uh, of of the wall, and it said, "Everything that is wrong with America can be fixed with everything that is right with America." And it's like oh, these cleans oh, and they're America. They're just like weird, like uh, fortune cookie tautologies. Well, you know what that is? That's that's uh, Homer Simpson beer, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. <laughs> Which is my campaign slogan, by the way. That would, that would be a good one. But like going back to this like idea, like what do we, what do we do like going forward, or like how we how should we look at this analysis? And coming back to what we were talking about with this weird language of like empathy and reaching out, 
and why this is a fucking dead end for liberals. And what I think the real split is now between like liberal Democrats and the left is that the solution to like a reactionary populism that's sweeping the country, it, it like it has to be political, right? Like politics are how you fix this this shit, not messaging or symbolism or representation or anything like that. It has to be a real political program. And 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 like I think the political program is pretty easy to come up with. Yeah. yeah. In terms of like what would appeal to sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, Amber wants me to read this. Uh, Jackman put together... Uh, Does a bo- Amber want me to read it? I just act like you're like moved by the spirit. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I'm you sorry. You people are so not uh, Rust Belt. I know. This is what's so funny. Is people think because I write about like white working class stuff like this, they think because all they can think is identity. They think, well, he must be a white working class person. No, I'm not. I'm from a you know, sub- nice McMansion-y suburb. At a pool. Yeah. That's what they... But here's the thing. But here's the thing. Sarah Lawrence for an MFA in creative writing. But but writing. What do you, you say about me? You are a queer in Texas. True. Uh, and, and you're a bro in New York. What is masculinity on this I, I know. My, my dad thing? finds it just so fucking funny. I, I mean, I'm but, a queer anywhere in America. But you know where I grew up? True. Where I grew up? And I grew up uh, not far from where Matt, you know, uh, fans of the show Matt Brunig grew up. Uh, very different class circumstances. But, you know, the only people I knew growing up that were Democrats uh, in my little circle uh, were, were like the kids that lived in the trailer park and my grandparents, my, my dad's parents who did, never went to college. So it's like, I, this, this, this whole thing is completely skewed. And, uh, I was going to read this thing that Jackman put together, a, a, a booklet called the ABCs of socialism to like, cause all these people are like primed up and they want to know these basic things. And this debate we're having stems from a fundamental misunderstanding of like why socialists talk about working class people. Uh, I was going to read what Vivek Chibber wrote. It's, it's pretty short about like, called Why the Working Class. After all, there are lots of groups who suffer indignities and injustices. Racial minorities, women, the disabled. Why single out workers? Why not just say that every marginal and oppressed group ought to be at the heart of socialist strategy? There are many things that people need to lead de- uh, decent lives. But two items are absolutely essential. The first is some guarantee of material security. Things like having an income, housing, and basic health care. The second is being free of social domination. If you are under someone else's control, if they make many of the key decisions for you, then you are constantly vulnerable to abuse. So in a society in which most people don't have job security or have jobs but can't pay their bills, in which they have to submit to other people's control, in which they don't have a voice in how laws and regulations are made, it's impossible to achieve social justice. It follows that the first step to making our society more humane and fair is to reduce the insecurity and material deprivation in so many people's lives. Connor, I'm going to stop you right. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there because what I heard in, in that quote was, "In order to get single payer health care, we need to repeal the Fourteenth Amendment." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do not look, Connor. Connor, I yo, yo Connor, the way the way you're throwing trans POC under the bus right now, <laughs> Connor. Is, I, I cannot believe what you just read us right now, which is saying that we all need to say the N word at once. <laughs> get a higher one, minimum wage, dude. Two. Get that shit out of there. Yeah. Uh, Chapo's coming out for a JJ Watt uh, reform uh, <laughs> enrichment act for all JJ Watt Americans. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, I think that's a. a a good way, a good closing note, but before we go out, uh, Matt reminded me I do need to apologize for confusing Herm Edwards and Denny Green on last week's show. Shame. <laughs> Shame. Shame. Herm well, Edwards you're not was... a real American, so you wouldn't know that kind of thing. Well, Herm yeah. Edwards' famous angry post-game catchphrase was, you play to win the game, and Denny Green's was, the Bears are who we, we thought are they who were. We are who they thought they were. Yeah. We let him off the hook. <laughs>
<laughs> and that's what we did. We let Donald Trump off the hook. Absolutely. Like, speaking yeah. on behalf of, which I hate to say it, but on behalf of a, a Democratic Party, we let them, off, we let him off. The, and it also pisses my error. Also annoys me because you play to win the game would also be a good thing to yell at the Hillary Clinton campaign. <laughs> yeah. So just so we all agree, the solution going forward is that Bernie Sanders needs to appeal to insane clown posse fans. I mean, that's that's yeah. the, yeah, the juggalo vote forward. could have swung Ohio for Easily. him. He gets Easily. out on stage with some fago or whatever it is. <laughs> we could do it. I mean, John Juggalo for Bernie was a real thing, by the way, during the yeah, primaries. Yeah. Well, the juggalo message is more in line with democratic socialism and anti-racism than it it's is true. Else. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think the gathering, I know someone who went and covered the gathering and she said it was actually uh, like a more uh, racially integrated uh, uh uh, setting than this gawker party I just went to. Oh, totally. <laughs> it's actually, the gathering of the jugglers is like Laugh Forum. Hey, guys. And Molly Klein speaks at both. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, guys. What if this dark carnival we've been talking about was just socialism all Yo. along? Whoa. Yeah. What? Whoa. All right. I think Fucking redistribution. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> Can I know for you guys uh, listening at home that every time Amber Lee Frost has said working class, she has literally pumped her left fist <laughs> in the air. So Sorry. just uh, I want I want I want everybody to, to feel how we're going out. Yeah. She's and crazy for this one. <laughs> <laughs> we're now in. Uh, by the way, we're now in Chapo Trap House season two. Yeah. I think this is episode one episode of one. Yeah. Chapo oh, Trap yeah. House yeah. season two. Yeah. Well, what are other great season two openers? Like season... Yo, yo, oh, shit. Yeah. Hold on. I was just thinking this the other day. You know what this is? Like, now that Trump is going to be president, it's like when Hearst came to town. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> we're fucking yeah. deadwood. He, the, the earth yeah. whispers to him. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, Pretty soon, someone's going to take off my finger with a claw hammer. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right, guys. Matt Carp, Connor Kilpatrick, thanks for joining us. Peace. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Cheers, everybody. Rattlesnake, oh, rattlesnake, what makes your teeth so white? I've been living in the bottom all my life. I ain't done nothing but fight. Well, I ain't done nothing but fight. A muskrat, oh muskrat, what makes you smell so bad? I've been living in the bottom all my life. I'm mortified in my head, well, I'm mortified in my head. A groundhog, oh groundhog, what makes your back so brown? It's a wonder I don't smother fire from living down in the ground, yeah, from living down in the ground. Rooster, oh rooster, what makes your claw so hard? I've been scratching this gravel all my days. It's a wonder I ain't tired. It's a wonder I ain't tired. A jaybird, oh jaybird, what makes you fly so high? I've been robbing your corn patch all my life. It's a wonder I don't die. It's a wonder I don't die. A rattlesnake, oh rattlesnake, what makes your teeth so white? I've been living in the bottom all my life, I ain't done nothing but bite. Well, I ain't done nothing but bite, yeah. I ain't done nothing but bite. Well, I ain't done nothing but bite, yeah.